Hello and welcome to Don't Be an Idiot. And today we're excited to jump into some of the top books for 2023. Let's go. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure it out. All right, Jake, I have to tell you, my wife hates it when you do it. It's such a strong word. She's like, it is so annoying when you guys do the intro before playing the intro music. She's like, I keep rewinding it and trying to figure out what I missed because the people like the intro music first they love they know, the intro music i know hey i got some time to settle in hey. and prepare themselves this is my interpretation of her words <laughs> they need time to mentally and emotionally prepare themselves to listen for, to our garbage the wisdom <laughs> Yo, go the, the, w- the wisdom the wisdom you that's going to be Andy, getting spouted i will not be censored okay <laughs> i will Censor. not be censored the best part about our podcast is caleb and i can say whatever we want and our wives aren't going to fact check us. You want to? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you want to tell uh, the people about the Instagram reel you sent me this morning? Oh man, about <laughs> how every white guy has a podcast is is pretty good. It's pretty good. So, yeah. hey, uh, I just kind of entered and say we're going to be talking about a couple of our favorite things right now: books. Caleb, yeah. you love books. I yep. love books. Everyone should be reading. <laughs> I I've gone on on record saying if you're not reading you're dead and everyone always looks at me really funny when I say that yeah so we've uh back quite a few years ago I set a goal and we'll uh next week's podcast will actually be about goal setting but this was back I was 25 years old I'd kind of gotten over the funk of uh post-college uh in college you have to read a lot oh my goodness and then, so much reading. yeah so for a couple of years out of college I was like no no I'm, I'm not reading uh, ever again but I got over that, and then I, I set a goal. Uh, I read an article. Uh, Pastor Joe had, had talked about this guy that set a goal of reading a thousand books. So I said, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna set a goal of reading a thousand books by age 40. Uh And you're really close to forty. So <laughs> I'm really, but I met the goal last year. Now, nice. I, uh, caveat there: I started doing audiobooks. Audiobooks became much more prevalent. Um, Another one of the things your wife likes to fact check you on. Much more easily accessible. So uh, now my one of my goals is to make it a thousand unique books by 40. Um, I did something like 780 different unique books. Uh, so I'm also looking to add some, some unique books. So just as we begin to talk about some of our favorite books that we've read from this past year, some of them we've read before, some are our new first time this year. So first, just kind of why did you read it? What was it about and what was your takeaway? So just, just a pretty simple form here. So why don't you lead us off with, uh, what was some of your, what, what did you read? What was something you read this what year? What did I read this year? So uh, I haven't done the thousand books. And so how my years normally go is I'll read like 115 and read and listen to, and then I'll be like, oh, that was too much. And I'll go down to like 60. Mm. And so I'm on a low year. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the valley this year. So I'm Is at, that because you've been listening to Joe Rogan podcasts? No, no, oh, not this year. Okay. Um, but I do put a lot of podcasts, podcasts, significantly yeah. hurt my reading yes um great. not necessarily a bad thing no. but I'm, I'm at like 62 books this year but some of my favorites and I'll, and I'll finish a couple more this year uh before the christmas or before the year is up mm-hmm. so i have on here my first one is the furies of cauldron mm-hmm. um 
I think if you're reading, most people who really, really enjoy reading are reading some kind of fantasy book. Uh, and now what we mean by fantasy is other world, magic's typically involved, things like that. This is one of both Caleb and I's uh, favorite authors, not probably the right word, but it's a really fun oh, author. No, he would, he would be yeah. up there. Named be Jim Butcher. And Fears of Cauldron is just a story, this epic story with a big world building. And one of my favorite things in all of book series is really good character development. So it starts mm -hmm. with this main character, Tavi, who is a young teenage about to become a man. Uh, so it's like a coming of age. Coming of age at the very first. Um, and he doesn't have the powers that everyone around him has. And this mm -hmm. ability to kind of connect with these elemental powers in the world. Uh, and then it's a story from there to the, to the fifth book. It's a five-book series of him... Uh, basically becoming the ruler of the world, a ruler of the kingdom, and mm. uh, becoming really powerful and figuring it out. So so from completely powerless to, yes. as he grows up, also gaining all this power. And you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. We, we read a lot of uh, fantasy uh, series. You could probably tell, who is always consistently my favorite character? The, the second character, the support character that's just, yeah. that they're all good. All good, and they all typically are the human amongst the superheroes. Mm. I really, really mm -hmm. like that. And yeah, so Tavi kind of did that a little bit. He's the main character, yeah. but he starts as, you know. Yeah, he's weak. He's, and he figures it out. Yep. Uh, I, just, I just like that. That's so Furious of Cauldron, I would recommend that to anyone, you know, teenage and up. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal so series. So why'd you pick that one up? Just Yeah, Jim Butcher's. I've read it before. Okay. Um, I like coming back to series. Sometimes you, you learn new things. Uh, I wanted something I knew was going to be good, and I wanted to be in a series, in a five-book series, and get excited about that. Like, I love the feeling of finishing a good series or TV yeah. shows like this too. And you feel almost like there's a little bit of a loss. Oh, oh it's over. Oh, but also my best friends are gone. But then, you know what I hate even more than that is when someone tries to add to it later, like, <laughs> I just let it be the series. Let it be complete. It's, it's okay. So it's fears okay. of cauldron. That's what going to be one nope. of my top picks this year. Sounds great. Uh, I've also read that. Love that. I'm trying to stay away from, I read a lot of those fantasy series. Uh, Jim butcher is also one of my favorite authors. Uh, Dresden Files. It's about this wizard that lives in Chicago and advertises that. That's a fantastic series. But the one I want to say first, uh, well, and why I read it was just because I had to read it. Because uh, I had to. It was an assignment, but I really enjoyed it. It's, it. it's nerdy. It's called A Handbook on the New Testament's Use of the Old Testament. And I, and I, oh, <laughs> and I love yeah. this because it's good. This so often good. we see this huge just divide between the new Testament and the old Testament. And it's not, and even thinking of, of it this way. And, and one of the things this, this book really helped pull out was that the new Testament is a commentary on the old Testament. That's good. And so the way we should read the new Testament to learn how to read the old Testament. Uh, and, and so it was just a really helpful, if you're serious, this is not, uh, everybody level, but if you're serious about studying the Bible and, and learning how to read the Bible, uh, G.K. Beale is the author. Uh, handbook on the New Testament's use of the Old Testament. This is actually, it, it's a little bit more accessible. It's not a, it's not a textbook. Super heady it, or anything like that. No, yeah. it, it's it's a pretty accessible. Gives you some really practical, easy handholds for how to do. So this. you're kind of saying this is. Have you read through the New Testament? You're not mm -hmm. necessarily baby Christian anymore, and you yeah. want to get serious. Yeah, go here. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, you Jesus juke me there. So I started. I, I've got I, a couple of these. I started with the fantasy series, and he came out. Well, like, here you want, you want me to go with the fantasy series? Go ahead, uh, and then I'll give one, you my Jesus book the, after the, that. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Uh, this one uh, was I, I read it because you said, "Hey, go read it. It's great." Um, and uh, this one 
is not for kids or if you're easily influenced by foul language. There gotcha. is some foul language in it, but it's uh, called the Killer Robot series. Oh, yes. They're short, and it's from the perspective of this robot <laughs> that was programmed to be just kind of this killer bot, and he names himself <laughs> Killer Bot. Uh, really funny. It's got a w- it's got weird humor in it's it. It's got a weird sense of humor. They're short. They're action kind of sci-fi. Yeah. It's sci-fi. It's futuristic. Really nerdy, but just super goofy and funny. Uh, All systems red by Martha Wells, and it's yeah. got a bunch of them. It's an ongoing series. If like Ender's Game met a sitcom, it's almost like that. If you remember oh, Ender's Game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was, it's really goofy. I just, I think I nerded out a little bit there too, just then. Oh, but. it was, it was when you recommended it, and it's then a great I, I fell in. And and there's, they're not necessarily standalone. They do build on each other uh, chronologically, but they each wrap up. Like you could yeah, fine. drop one and and not feel like, oh, I'm stuck. Caleb, this is not the first and will not be the last time I recommend a series to you and actually don't complete the series. And you yes, do. you love doing this to me. Or tell me like, hey, this book, and then none of the rest of them are available I've digitally. I've done three books of those, and I think there's like nine or something. There's yes. crazy amount. So I probably got uh, sidetracked along the way. Well, since Jesus juked me and started with the Jesus one, okay. I have to come back to it. Um one of my favorite, that's a weird thing to say, like my favorite <laughs> pastor or one of the guys that I really like to listen to and just listen to his sermons and look at what he's studying is Matt Chandler okay. uh, down in the Village Church in the DFW area. Uh, and he wrote a book, To Live as Christ and to Die as Gain. Mm. Now, what I like about Matt Chandler, um, he doesn't write books. His books are typically ba- based off his sermon series. This is basically his sermon series over the book of Philippians. Okay. Uh, super, super good. Uh, it really good, puts in context this idea of like, what does that actually mean uh, to to live as Christ, to die as gain, and what your life needs to practically look like. It's very practical, which you know I enjoy. Uh, it's very theologically sound because Matt Chandler almost always, he's not perfect, but he's almost always very theologically sound. Okay. Uh, I would recommend that one. To live as Christ, to die as gain. All right, I got a two-parter here. Yeah. Because one book builds heavily on... The, the second book I'm going to talk about. The first book is by Neil Postman, and it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death. I read that one. It was good. Yeah. yeah Hard I think, read, actually, I think. Uh, yeah, and it's, I put it, <laughs> so in, in my notes, I write, like, what genre it is, and I put it under social critique. Your G um, was harder than I normally give it there. You said genre. Genre. genre yeah. Social genre. critique. <laughs> social critique. Uh, social critique. Just and, giving and, you a social well, critique. <laughs> so it's actually written in the 80s, I believe, uh, the Amusing Ourselves to Death. And it was really about the the emergence of the television and, and what that's doing to our society. And honestly, it's just ramped up since then. And it's all about how we have become an entertainment focused and how it's well, one of his big premises is that the median always dictates the message. For example, uh, the median in his context of, of writing, of books, is always more serious because it's literary, it's structured, you have to uh, abide by, by rules and form. Yes. Um, it, it's, a, it's a heavy thing to do. Versus... Uh, television it, it, reading is very active. You you you, <laughs> you have to pay attention. Well, when you quit paying attention to reading, well, uh, I I just did this 
uh, th- this morning, I fell asleep. It, it happens. Uh, woke up extra early. Or you morning. get to the bottom of the page and you're like, you uh, read it, but you don't remember yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. It was very, reading is very active. And so what it's doing is helping train your mind how to think versus he's arguing television. And, uh, and then I would argue all of the internet and that includes news, whatever yeah. else. It's all teaching you uh, to be passive and teaching you to be uncritical. And he goes and looks at how television, it even the, even the news teaches you that nothing about life is serious. In fact, I want to do a whole podcast on, on how we're called to be serious people. Not in that we're somber people, but that we're serious people, that we understand life has real consequences. For example, you will have a news segment on, well, uh, take headline news today, the brutal murders of Hamas in this terrorist attack on Israel, followed by a segment about a penguin in the zoo sandwiched by a bunch of commercials selling you crap you don't need pfizer yeah (laughs) and dr and uh uh, mr pfizer yeah selling it so like that's his argument and and it's very very good and he actually builds off the work of two other authors uh one he says we're we're not in the world of orwell uh, Orwell, uh, George Orwell wrote Animal the book. Animal Farm. Yeah. yeah, in 1984. And, and it's all about this totalitarian regime that erases history, redefined words. And he says, we don't, we don't live in the world of Orwell. That's, remember, this is written in the 80s because I think we are there now. Yeah. He says, we live in the world of Al, Al, uh, Albus Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. And that's the second book I want to recommend. Also recommend 1984 because that's the world we live in now. But uh, so Brave New World is this book about uh, this superiorly technologically advanced people. And uh, they, they go and there's this one like primitive Native American tribe left. And they, they go and, and people go and tour it and visit it. And then they, they go back to their self-amused world. And one of the people that was born and raised in this in this primitive tribal group, Native American group in, in North America, actually joins, leaves it, and, and comes back to, to the world, to the civilized world. And he talks about, and, and, and he, I don't want to give away the end of the story because it's big, but just the pointless existence that they're living, just living for pleasure, living for what feels good, and how utterly pointless that is. And what Neil Postman is doing is saying, that's what we're training ourselves to do in this world of, of that Aldous Huxley yeah. was pointing out. So there's a long explanation to two great social critiques that are building off each other. Yeah, I can give just a complimentary book to that. I read this book uh, early in the year, actually, uh, called Unintentional. Mm. Uh, and Unintentional, uh, it's basically this idea of the screens that we're watching are shaping the habits of our daily life and Mm. how we need to move from this unintentional life. So it was not an argument of throw all your screens away as much as it was an argument to be super intentional about what you actually do. Be serious, as you kind of said. That's great. Uh, And then really played well with this idea of like, man, realizing you're the product of all of these social media, you know, Mm. huge companies. Yes. And so some of the things that it was teaching me, like since then, like I have, you do this like, like Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't ever post anymore, but it's only on my computer, yes. not on my phone. I try to keep Instagram off my phone because I find myself death scrolling, you know. Mm. Um, 
things like but that. So it just, just that's such a good term, but just so everybody caught it, what is oh death, death scrolling? It's this idea that you're just next video, next video. You're kind of chasing that high of whatever laugh or fun mm-hmm. thing you find, and you know what it tricks you into thinking is the next video is going to be the one. And so if you ever found yourself just skip, 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 and your legs are falling asleep because you're sitting on the toilet so long, you're death scrolling. That's what's actually going on. Uh, it's a little gross, but everyone knows exactly no, no, what I'm talking knows. about. Everybody yeah. knows. So, everybody, everybody. It's unintentional. You're lying. So, if you. And it's just, it was a great topic. It's, the author is Doug Smith, and he was like, let's move from being unintentional people to intentional people, which really paired well with what you're just talking about of, living a serious life that's not just mm-hmm. based on the pleasure that you're getting in the moment. So that's I'd recommend great. this to parents, to teenagers, to anybody. So, uh, One that I, I'm just going to mention real briefly because I know we just talked about it not that long ago uh, is the book Spark uh, oh, yeah. by Dr. John Ratley. Ratty? I don't know how you say it. Uh, it's it's the revolutionary new exercise, uh, the revolutionary new science of exercise. It's about how exercise can rewrite your brain and how basically every ailment we have uh, that ties in with the chemicals yeah. in your brain exercise helps though. So just that I, I cannot recommend that one enough. Uh, and then one last one on the, uh, I, again, I put it under the social critique side. This one I just finished and it's, it's a, it, it was big and heavy. Um, but it's called the rise and triumph of the modern self by Carl Truman. And what it does is is it traces the way in which this phrase is a logical and understandable phrase. I am a man trapped in a woman's body. I wasn't ready for that. I almost spit <laughs> out my drink. So. Well, and he points out that is a nonsensical phrase for all of human history. Uh, if you if you have watched the the documentary by Matt Walsh called "What Is a Woman," uh, when they go to the tribes in Africa and he asks them to define what a woman is, they start laughing because it is a laughable proposition. Yeah, that our society just believes and accepts. Everybody, know, you and I, don't accept any of this, but we understand what they're saying, and so the uh, so uh, what. Uh, Truman is doing is is going back through how did we get to the place in a society where I could say I'm a man trapped in a woman's body or I'm a woman trapped in a man's body and everybody understands what you're saying. And, I'm uh, a millionaire trapped in a uh, yes. debtor's body. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and and basically just to give you the thirty second version. Yeah, quick and dirty here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's a, it's a four hundred page book with dozens of footnotes. Uh oh, are we pumping our tires here, is Caleb? The, is that what that was? Caleb can read four hundred yes. page books. Boom. <laughs> Flexing. I need my bullet. <laughs> no. Uh it it leads to the the rise of the psychological self. Okay. Meaning I am not a united person. For for most of human history we've been thought of as body, mind and spirit. Uh, and, and, and you're a combination of the two. He, he calls it the psychological self or the therapeutic self where we are what we think. And, and this is why you see the what I think I am is what I am type thinking because it's what we think in our head that is what we are. And then he brings in how Freud then takes all of that and says, well, I am what I sexually do. I am sex. I am my sex. And what I do with that. And so therefore, not only are we just what we think we are, but we are 
our sexual acts, our sexual impulses. And and that's all what goes on on in our head. And that's why uh, psychological safety and safe places and words is violence is is suddenly on the rise. And and so for so many of us, we look around like, this is insane. And well, it, it all comes back to this idea that we are our psychological selves. And therefore, if, I, if I'm not my body, if I can't tell my brain what to do, if I'm just this psychological self, then I am incredibly vulnerable to your words. And your words are violence against me. Oh, the, also, that means I get to determine what I feel about myself is what I is true of myself. Well, you, you joked, I, I'm a millionaire in a debtor's body. That's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's a fascinating, fascinating look. I, not not an easy read. N- not an easy read. Yeah. I've got down here. Uh, I started this book series. It's a it's a whole series. This is the last one I've read called In the Blood. Okay. Uh, and it is the, Jack Carr is the writer of this, a former Navy SEAL. Uh, really fun to listen to is a bad dude. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> He's a bad dude. And this whole series is about a, his fictional character named James Reese, who's a Navy SEAL whose family gets killed, and he goes on this revenge tour against the U.S. government. And then as it keeps going, like there's a book where he's in Russia, and it's like there's a book where he's uh, fighting uh, in the Middle East. And uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole book is he's in this helicopter hunting this assassin. And uh, so they're in this helicopter and with all these soldiers and the soldier across from him, like takes his guns off safety. And then it's just massive fight in a helicopter up in the air in the helicopter. And it ends with a grenade going off in the helicopter and him and only like three other dudes out of the 20 guys in the helicopter live. It's, it is 100% like, this is not adding a ton of value to my life other than like, it's just fun. fun. It's It's exciting. It like gets to me, that side of me that's like conspiracy theorist of the government like it, it kind of like feeds that part of me um, yeah that part needs no feeding it's yeah just a rage. in this book series uh you know i get to be thinking like i've read this before got cool you know what i mean uh, this uh <laughs> it's so funny this book series actually gets, that that's jake flexing yeah that's amazon true. prime took it up the first book uh, oh, and chris pratt played james reese in the called the terminal list Oh, so this yes, is that you've whole talked series. about this, uh, the Terminal List. Yeah, yeah, so, such a great. good series of books. Uh, this is one I would, uh, I'd, I'd want my son to be mid-high school before I put these books in his hands. All right. Um, but a lot of fun. There's a couple, there's one guy that I'm really good friends with, specifically that we have been kind of reading these hand in hand. Uh, this is where Joe and I's book interests also yeah. intersect. Yep. Joe and I can talk all day long about <laughs> football and these kinds of books. Yeah. So when Joe makes fun of us about fantasy books, he's reading these books. And I'm like, that Caleb always says, Joe, this is just a different kind of fantasy. So it's only only magic gets you out of a helicopter when <laughs> yeah. a grenade goes off. When a <laughs> grenade goes yeah. off in the helicopter. I'd recommend yeah, those you're books. Not, you're not walking away from that. I, yeah. That's uh, awesome. I would say like in both of the things we were running, or excuse me, that we're reading that are fun, the things that we're reading that are serious, the things that we're reading that we hate, we'll talk about here in a second. We both picked a book we didn't like. Uh, if you've been around us and talked with us, you're like, oh, I bet I know when Caleb read that because he had a sermon near that time where he got <laughs> kind of popped off about this. Or yes. this is what we've been wanting to have conversations with in normal life. Or why did Jake start buying guns and storing food when he was reading James <laughs> Reese? I, you know, I don't know. I just play. But, uh, Do you know? <laughs> I guess I'm saying like the books you read kind of leak out and the things yeah. you're excited about and you want to talk about. Yeah. That actually tease up this next one because I know I've referenced it like five <laughs> times. I, I've I've seriously read this book. Uh, I've read it and then listened to it, I think four times this year because it was that formative. And so I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about it because we've done it. But Raising Emotionally Strong Boys 
I almost uh, put this on my list by by Dr. David Thomas. And uh, can I, if you have boys, go read this book. You like, need to. It is so good. Uh, but uh, I also wanted to pair that one with with this. So my daughter's just not really getting into reading, and so I got to recommend uh, my, my favorite like non biblical author is Brandon Sanderson with fantasy. My last one's a Sanderson book, Caleb. So okay. you'll be excited. So he has a kids series called Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians, <laughs> and I was really I love that an, an author is attacking librarians. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just laughs> random. They're the gatekeepers to the good. But I don't know. So. I it's <laughs> this is on my list with Asher and so, I. I want to read this with this, him. So you will, who will love it because the, the main characters all have what they call talents, but their talents aren't like, ridiculous, aren't they? The, yes, they're ridiculous talents. Like the main character's talent is breaking. He just breaks. Also, things. my son's talent: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> window breaking, specifically <laughs> rock throwing. Uh, another one is uh, that he could arrive late for things. That's his talent. Another nice. one. Uh, that is that, not my talent. That I just met can dance really poorly. Nice. One, Caleb's wake, talent. Wakes up looking <laughs> really ugly. So it, they're all just stupid things that and, that kids can relate to. And they're funny. It's super well written. Also just written in a really humorous way where he talks to the reader all the time. Yeah. And lies to them. <laughs> like constantly. So mom, dad, if you're looking to get a book series for your kid for Christmas and your kid's a reader, this is a great it's, series to put under the tree yeah ariel's third grade that would be the lowest end this i mean i read them and thought they were hilarious yeah so uh, i think they're funny all the way through so that's no that's super exciting uh that's just aside parents if you're not reading what your kids are reading yeah uh you're in trouble and so could your kid be and so. it's so much fun to chat with your kid about a book like, oh that they're excited about when Asher, he finished the Harry Potter series last year. It's how it was a big deal when he got to a million words. And your kid just got to a million words, which yeah. is a big deal. Super yeah. exciting for her. Uh, it's just a local kind of school challenge that our, mm -hmm. our school does. Uh, Asher used Harry Potter. You know how much fun I had talking with him about it? Oh, and yeah. Caleb would talk to him about it because yeah. Caleb's read it too. Like, if he you've ever read it, he's ready to talk to it. Like, yes. It's in a full adult conversation he's ready to have. Yeah. Uh, it's super, super cool. So, really well, this fun is, and easy. Uh, I only put five of my favorites of the 60 something that I wrote or that I wrote, that I read. And this one I'm actually currently reading. It's a three-part series from the same guy, Brandon Sanderson. And I'm mm -hmm. two-thirds of the way with done with the last one. So yeah, uh, this one great. I'm physically reading. So just as an aside, yeah. I do listen. Um, mm -hmm. My goal every year is to read 15 hard copies, and I'm at 16. This nice. Year. So, Nailed it. And the way that I do that typically is I read at work for ministry. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading this book that I'm, that I'm working through our Timothy Path Bible study with, and I count that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I also... So that keeps me from death scrolling before bed because right. what I learned in unintentional and I've learned before, <laughs> the blue light you watch before bed watching videos yeah. wrecks your sleep. I read a book. Yes. I read a book. A hard so, copy. Pick it up. So this one is called Still Heart. Still as in like the metal steel, not stealing something. <laughs> uh, steel Heart uh, from Brandon Sanderson. And it's this three book series that- uh, Called The Reckoners? The Reckoners. Yeah, the Reckoner Reckoner. series. The first one is Still Heart. And the whole thing is based in post-apocalyptic America- where all the cities, major cities and places are being ruled by superheroes. But these superheroes are inherently evil because what's happening, and now the book series goes on about, it, I don't want to ruin it for everyone, but what's happening is when they use their powers, it pushes them to... It corrupts them. It corrupts them. It angers them, it, whatever. Which and is way more accurate for what would happen with the superhero. Cool. 
Like, if he thinks, what do we know from all of human history? Yes. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Superman is not just this benevolent crime fighter. He's ruling the world with an iron fist. That's exactly what would happen. Well, and so well, we've already I've already said that my favorite character is always the human amongst the superheroes. Yes. The main character uh, that yep. is the guy that's the reckoners is this group of people trying to kill the superheroes. Mm. But then there's this cool twist on it to where he also wants to kind of believe in this. There's this kind of religion kind of movement that's happening where they believe that the good superheroes will come and save the world. Mm. And he's actively trying not just to kill superheroes now because he recognized killing ends in despair all around, yeah. even for himself. Killing ends in death. He, yeah, he's like, we're all going to end up dead this way. He mm. wants to see it restored. And so it deals with morality. It deals with how far gone is someone before they're too far gone. Mm. This is really, really hard, good question. I think we have to oh, answer in our great. life now doing good, fighting evil, and it's funny, and it's exciting. Um, I couldn't say more, much more about Brandon Sanderson being one of the best authors alive right now yeah. and doing good things. What age uh, would you recommend for this? Yeah, up? same as I did with the others. Mid-high school is what I would probably start. It, anything, I think when you start talking about how old is someone old enough, mm-hmm. uh, for me as a parent, and I know Caleb would feel the same, uh, I'm if I could have conversations with my kids and I feel like they're, emotionally mature enough to handle things going on mm-hmm. harry potter is a great example people die in harry potter mm-hmm. right people there's heartbreak and there's i don't know if inappropriate is the right word but there's there's you know, real bo- life boyfriend girlfriend themes marriage you know divorce there's there's real life things happening in these books and as long as i get to have conversations with my kid this is only going to make him stronger right i'm full this is the context i don't for think it. we should ban any books i think we should teach people how to be good thinkers and good students so that when they read something that's stupid they can say oh that's not right or not pick up something yes because uh, <laughs> there's some things that Caleb, just don't need to you and i were together when we both kind of came to the realization of like i'm done reading books just to finish it because i started it i remember it was probably happened four or five six years ago i don't know at some point we were we kind of push each other in this reading books especially early on yeah uh, Talk about that a little bit yeah, before so we the, get to our be worst the, books. The don't yeah. be an idiot. Like, uh, and, and, and in fact, the my we, we're going to give our worst book. And my worst book for the year, I'll, I'll just tell you. Um, yeah, let me scroll over and find it. Sorry. I didn't have it pulled open. Uh, so I also rank all my books so I can go back and figure out which book did I think was the worst. Okay, here it is. It's uh, Wonderful Name, uh, Wonderful Names of Our Lord and Savior. Our wonderful names of our wonderful Lord. Uh, and it, it was trash. <laughs> but I finished the whole thing. And this is the problem. Like, I sh- I knew early on. I kept expecting it to get better. But I knew early on it was not a good book. It, yeah. it was not well written. It was not accurate. It was full of falsehoods. And I just wanted to finish the book. And this is, this is my don't be an idiot story. If it's not a good book, put it down. Like walk away. Yeah, it's okay. Like, but this internal, like, I, I, I think I do have a little bit of OCD where I have to have closure. Like, there's a movie I started watching in high school that still haunts me because I couldn't see the end and I have no idea what it was or what it was called. Oh, like I, you can't even tell me what the time. No, was. I have no idea because it was on TV, and so like TV's the worst. We already did describe yeah. this. Yeah, uh, but so, so I, I, I've got a little bit of problem there, but like. Hey, just stop wasting your time with something that's bad. That's like, awesome. And, and and I'm an idiot. And just I'll f- suffer through something that I hate. 
I, I got like four or five books deep in a series that I was only marginally enjoying. Like, uh, that was just this year. And I'm like, what, why, yeah. why am I doing this? Uh, and it took me like five books. to. Well, I would never ban books, Caleb. Like the censorship, I think is dangerous. I have thrown books in the trash because <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah. not worth the paper it was printed on. Uh, Last year we talked about, we were in our adoption classes. Someone recommended this oh, book called yeah. Jesus, the gentle parent. <laughs> Um, this is not an even, I'm not, not necessarily critiquing the gentle parenting movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think specifically dads need to watch their tone and their anger when they parent sometimes. You know what I mean? That's, that's yes. all parents. But yes, for me, I need to check sometimes that my attitude and my aggression, just natural masculine aggression that all men have, I need to not bring that into my parenting all the time. But this book was so bad. I remember I got through the first chapter. I read the first chapter as a good steward of what you're talking about. <laughs> And it was describing how Jesus lovingly and gently parented all 12 of his disciples. And I'm, I remember sitting in bed and I'm like, ugh, ugh, laughing. And Sean was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, this, you know what I mean? And just I love it when we start like audibly responding to books. Threw it away. Yeah. <laughs> I always know when Shauna wants to talk when we're doing quiet time. Because we typically do our, when we're in the house together, we're doing our quiet mm -hmm. time. Because she's like, oh, mm, yeah. And Get I'm it. like, what she's trying to do. And I, I need to, I'm like. Because if I'm in the middle of one of like something I'm excited about, I'm like, I want to tell her, but she wants to tell me I need to pause and we have great conversations about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not just get through with the book. Yeah. So don't be an idiot. Just don't Stop. read the book. Stop it. My worst what book was of the your year. Worst book? And this one I got trapped into by one of those audiobook you know, apps we use because they recommend yeah. books. Yeah. It's called Mara Chase and the Conqueror's Tomb. And I was like, sounds cool. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Sounds it was basically a ripoff of uh I guess Tomb Raider was the old Lord Croft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, there's another one with a guy that they just had a movie with a Tom Holland. It's the same stuff. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, adventure, same, same, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones-esque. It was the most predictable and just bland and like broke all of the literary rules that I can't stand, like bringing back people to life. Oh. Uh, things things like that. It, you know, it just, it was terrible. Um, I would so not. So don't go read that one. Recommend that book. So. Hey, uh, if you want to, share some of your favorite books with us. We always are looking for some good book recommendations. Uh, we get in lost in our tight circle of recommending the same crap to each other. You mean the same gold. The same gold. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we want what, some what fresh it, blood in there. So. I, I was going to talk about it, uh, but we're running out of time. Uh, the Unseen Realm uh, was given to me by uh, Shane Allen, and it was fantastic. I was Shout out to Shane. But yeah, yeah, it was a great book. Uh, we're out of time for me to talk about it. All right. Go, this go has check been it out. Don't Be an Idiot. Thank you.